Hello and welcome to Brook Talks America, home of the new right and our Tactical Tuesdays podcast with Joe Dolio, also known as the Joe Stradamus and Brooke the Magnificent Show. Welcome, Joe, and welcome our friend, our uh, mascot, Lucy, who you'll hear with the bone in the background. She likes to visit. Um, just a reminder that you can sign up at each of our p- sites for alerts on new articles and shows. Mine is brooktalksamerica.com. It's Brooke with an E. Joe's is tactical-wisdom.com. Leave us a comment to say how much you love the show, of course, and tell your friends. Um, Today we're discussing chapter three in uh, book three of Joe's Tactical Wisdom series, which is called Defensive Operations. The chapter title is Obstacles. Uh, As you know, you know, obviously, if you've been listening and even if you're new, um, Joe's books are based on what he calls the ultimate tactical handbook, which is the Bible. And each chapter has a Bible verse in it. Some like literally topical based on uh what we discuss in these podcasts. So, Joe, before we get into the chapter, I'd like you to go ahead and read the Bible verse and the military maxim associated with obstacles. Absolutely. So the verse for this chapter is, they set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. Psalms 57, 6. So why that applies is that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Setting a net for their steps, digging a pit in their way for them to fall into if they're coming to harm us. So a well-known military maxim is that um, if you set up an obstacle, it's really only an obstacle to armed enemies if it's covered by somebody watching it with a gun. So... um, Otherwise, it's just it's an inconvenience, but it's not actually an obstacle to their movement. Obstacles aren't meant to completely stop people from coming. They're meant to slow them down long enough for you to do something to stop them. Uh, They're not a replacement for putting people out watching your perimeter, but uh, they're they're a pretty good supplement for it. Yeah. And like uh, the one thing that I think everybody in the world can think of is those obstacles. And I don't know the name of them that were on the the beach. At Normandy, what are those called? I know this is kind of off topic, but what well, are those actually, called? Well, actually, we're seeing them in um, in Ukraine right now. They're called ah, tank okay. traps. Oh, okay. Yeah, those were brutal, man. Yeah. So, all right. Um, what are some things in the natural environment to consider when creating an obstacle plan? And what comes, uh, what component? You know, just as a note, we, we've discussed some of these aspects in generic and um sort of like basic detail we're expounding on all of these principles as we get later into the books but um what component from volume one which is baseline training manual should inform this plan of the obstacle plan well what it should be is our 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 study of um our our area study where we've studied our perimeter and we've looked at where bad people can come from Right. So that should have identified stuff for us where we might need obstacles and where we can slow other people down. Okay. And what are the some of the natural features that would be uh, like that automatically you might plan that way uh, and without rule of law? Obviously, what we're talking about. And as in my opinion, we can start now because we're like very close to pre you know, we're, we're in pre-rule of law, but who knows when that's going to happen. But like right lakes, rivers, so, stuff like that. Yeah, so basically like lakes and rivers and things like that, they're not necessarily a 100% stopgap, but they will slow people down. 
So those are some of the natural obstacles you can Especially consider. Especially not the Rio Grande, right? <laughs> yes, especially not the Rio Grande, right? They can wait across it. Well, that's an important thing, right? You have to understand that some things, some things are not really an obstacle at all. They might seem like one. Um, they're an obstacle. They make it inconvenient, not necessarily something that someone will never cross, just something that will slow them down and make them not want to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and um, um, go ahead. Anything like that, cliffs, rocks, uh, all kinds of things like that uh, are natural obstacles that slow people down. Swamps, uh, although swamps are, are, are impediment to vehicles, not necessarily people on foot because you can walk through a swamp. You might not like it, but you can do it. Yeah, and the swampers really do know their territory. I was watching one of the uh, delicious destinations about some fellas in the uh, Florida swamp off the Everglades. Lord, the people that grow out there, they really do know that territory. Mm-hmm. Everything about it, including they're walking in the gators. One guy had his kid. Oh, when we swim in the lake, this gator guards us. I'm like, dude, I don't know. You might have the uh, the swamp grass that you're smoking before you go in there. Anyways, um, talk about the different type of fencing and the recommendations and objectives for each, what the recommendations and objectives for each type are. Okay, so there's there's a couple different kinds of fences, and we're talking about metal fencing, really, because wood fences are not really an obstacle to anyone. Yeah. They can be pushed over, moved, whatever. So there, there's a, a lot of lot of good ones. Um, the first type of fencing is, is what I call climbable. That's like chain link fences, chicken wire, and welded wire, like the ones that are bigger squares. People can get handholds and footholds on those and climb over those. So those need to be uh, anchored pretty down tight, uh, pretty tightly and in, 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 uh, attached tightly to the posts, right? So that they don't sag and give people the ability to pull on them to either pull them down or climb. And really, um, those ones aren't, aren't denies, denying access. You need those to be at least six feet high to give people some time to climb over them. It gives you time to react to it. Um, and, um, and shoot through it. it. No, I, it, I'm just kidding, shoot. Agent Jansen. Go ahead. Right. And then uh, cover the top with barbed wire or razor tape angled outward to make it harder for people to get over the top. Um, what you can do with a fence like that is attach um, empty tin cans. Like a, a, as we get to without rule of law situation, you're going to have a lot of empty cans from your food. Mm. You can attach those with wire to the fence. So if somebody goes to climb that fence, it's going to shake the fence. And then the tin can is going to make some noise for you. So you'll know that someone is climbing that fence. Such a great idea. So a great thing to buy is razor wire or barbed wire. You can buy those at the uh, at Home Depot, and they come in 50-foot rolls. So when I was writing this in late 2021, you could get 500 feet from Home Depot for like $250, and it comes in 10 50-foot sections. So those are perfect for setting up like a roadblock or blocking off your driveway or, or whatever you're going to use. Uh, and um, if you've got gloves, you can you can reuse it, right? You can move it, reuse it, put it where you need it whenever you want to. So it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you can put them like if you're using just regular barbed wire, you want to use three to five strands, and you want to run it at least at least four feet high, right? So people can't just step over it, right? They have to actually physically climb it. And again, attach tin cans to it so that when they move, it makes noise. Um, you can put pebbles in the can, and that way the, the can rattles when somebody goes to climb the fence. And you got to have them really tied on tight to the uh, to the uh, posts when you do it. 
And you got to have them close together. Have you seen the movie Legends of the Fall? Oh, yeah. 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 All I can think of is like when we're talking about cons- uh, razor wire is like his brother. When his brother gets gassed and he can't see and he gets yep. stuck in the razor wire and can't get out. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty common, pretty bad problem. But yeah. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. So that's that's why I recommend it. What you can also do is if you got like a like an area you can't see around your perimeter, you can just set up a whole bunch of wire about 18 inches off the ground on just really short posts. So it's not a fence, but it's like a giant foot trap. Just completely randomly wrap it around in circles. Right. And that way someone walking along is going to get their foot tangled in it. and They're not going to be able to get out of it. Right. And that one would have the tin can alarm, too. Right. Absolutely. And we call that one a tangle foot. Although I think that guy, when he gets in there, he's going to make enough noise. You're going to hear him because he's <laughs> going to be screaming. So you're going to make him squeal like a pig. Right on. Right on. So there's another one uh, that you can do with barbed wire uh, or razor tape. It's really a weird one. They call it a knife rest. And really, like, literally no one knows why it's called that. It's just what it's been called um, since the 1700s when it first made its appearance. Uh, and the Vikings actually made something similar. Basically, you take logs and you, you make a giant X with them and then lay another another one across the middle. And there's a picture in the book. If you buy the book, it shows you exactly what it looks like. But it's really two X's at one end and then a, a log across the middle. Then you just string barbed wire all over it, right? Uh, completely random, however you want to do it. And it makes like a gate that you can put in front of your driveway or whatever um, that you can pick up and move. But someone trying to get at you isn't going to be able to do it because they're worried about you shooting them or whatever. Right. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool little obstacle. It kind of looks like those two of those sand traps together with a log cover with it does. wire. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And that, that razor wire ain't no joke, man. You better have anybody that gets caught up in that is going to have a problem unless they have serious coverage. Right. So the one in the book, what the Vikings did, they didn't have barbed wire. Right. So what they did is they took a bunch more sharpened logs mm. and they laid them facing out on there so that people on horses couldn't force their way through. Because uh, yeah. the horses will not run into those wood poles. So because <laughs> they're smart. Because they're smart. <laughs> OK. Um, you know, you mentioned also that. So in addition to things like fencing, right, you can use natural items like thorny bushes under windows. Now I'm thinking to myself, right, between concertina wire, razor wire, and thorny bushes, like the razor wire is better, but obviously, you know, I'm just joking, but like obviously this is another option. Talk about them. And also here's the thing about how do you use, you mentioned in the um, in the chapter about how to use signage for PSYOP and then also what bridges are. Um, right on, right on. Yeah. Sure. So the first thing is, is um, even now when you're planning home security to prevent a burglary, for example, plant thorny bushes along underneath your windows so that people can't crawl right up to your windows and look in or plant them on the perimeter of your property so that people don't decide to cut across and walk through. Thorny bushes actually help. The other thing is down trees. You can move those and put them all over the place. If you've got a long driveway, Drop a couple trees across it if, if, if you know bad folks are coming. They'll they'll take the easier route and go somewhere where there's not trees down over it. Um, you can even set trees down and set them beside the road for a while until you need to put them in the middle of the road and, and get them over there. Or you can just drop trees right across the road. 
Uh, but if you do that, leave the branches attached because it's harder for them to move the tree. Uh, they have to deal with all the branches. Um, water's not really a, a, a serious obstacle, although it is to casual trespass. Um, someone would have to swim the river or want to get all wet to get into your property if you've got a river there. So, so that's a, that's not a bad idea. Um, but what I recommend people doing, um, if you have a river that borders yours, like my cabin up north has a river on one side, put up a sign that says private property, do not trespass. Um, it may seem silly for without rule of law, but I, as I point out all of the time, the rule of law will eventually be reestablished and you're going to need to explain your actions. And mm. if I had a sign up that said, hey, I warned people not to come on my property and they did it anyway, you are in much better legal shape than someone who didn't. Right. So. And then sure you're going you're to pick, pick you're going to put a picture of a wicked Lucy. Of a growling right? Lucy there, too. Yeah. Hey, actually, I probably use um, Joshua's example from the Bible. I mean, he cut people's heads off, put them on a spike and set them there at the entrance of the town. I that like will discourage it. casual tourism. So. I like that, Joe. See, we're like we're simpatico on that. Right. Although uh, so another yeah, thing yeah. you could do is you can use bridges as an obstacle and militaries have been doing it forever. So there's a long river and people want to come moving towards you in vehicles. The bridge is what you need to control, right? It makes a good checkpoint. People have to have to cross it one at a time, one vehicle at a time. Um, by our cabin, there's two bridges, one that leads to town and one that leads to town a different way, but is more secluded. I would just completely drop trees blocking off one bridge and then set up our own checkpoint on the other bridge. That way we've got 100% control of who's coming in and from what direction. Um, now you still have to check the other bridge every now and then, but understand we're talking about full without rule of law. And if there's a bridge that leads to your area and you don't want people to come across it, just drop a tree across it or yeah. a couple of trees. Uh, and, and there you go. Uh, make them, make them work for it. And we've talked about all this stuff in previous podcasts about getting your team together, watching overwatch observation, perimeter coverage and everything like that. So by this point, you will know all this. Ideally, you will know all this stuff and you'll know where you would have to drop a tree, where you would have to put the wire and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right on. Now, one of the things uh, I think it was the last podcast about the uh, the narrow trench. Right. We talked about that. Yeah. I forget yeah, what absolutely. the name. What was it called again? Um, a communications trench. No, it was like the six inch trench that you laid in. Oh, a skirmisher's trench. Skirmisher's trench, right. Okay. So, so the next area that yeah. we have here in the book is a, is a whole big section called earthworks. And earthworks have been used by humans probably for as long as humans have fought each other, right? Um, we've learned all along that digging big holes in the ground will keep people from coming close to you and enable you to defend there. So there's a whole bunch of them that we use here. If you've got heavy equipment like a tractor or a front-end loader, makes life much easier but uh, me having been a U.S. Marine, I know that I can dig a pretty darn good trench with a shovel. Um, I always make sure that that I have an entrenching tool in my in my full ruck, which is a, a foldable military type shovel. Um, but you can also have big ones available too to to help you dig uh, a little bit faster uh, and all that kind of stuff. So have good shovels, spades, picks, all that kind of stuff, uh, so that you can do it. Uh, people have been digging ditches by hand for I don't know 10,000, 20,000 years. So the most basic earthwork is a ditch. So we all know what a ditch is, right? It's just basically something you dug in the ground to let water drain out. 
Um, I could start with a ditch that's three feet deep all the way around. It just has to be wide enough that someone can't step over it. I'm okay with them having to jump over it because when people jump over things, they make noise. Right. So um, the best way to use ditches, though, is to defend against vehicles. So if you've got a road going up towards your 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 property or whatever, dig ditches on each side of the road so that vehicles can't just go around your checkpoint. Right. That's Put a ditches great point. So that if a vehicle tries to go around, they will fall into the ditch and get stuck. Uh, and it, yeah, it keeps them from avoiding your security measures. That's the best use of a ditch. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, the difference between a ditch and a trench is that a ditch is to stop people attacking you. A trench is for you to defend from. So yeah. make sure it's at least three feet across. Um, and like I said, it's great for, for your entry control point where people are driving up to your road. Great place for it. Yeah. And that would include the completely unrealistic wink, wink military tanks. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, 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 yeah, military vehicles don't like ditches. It's it's very hard. There's, I got a way to dig one right here that stops. It will literally stop a tank. Yeah. But here's the other thing is that um, if things actually get really bad and you know there's a big group of bad guys out, you can take that ditch and put spikes in the bottom of it and then cover it up with grass. And yeah. those folks are going to have a very very bad day. Now we're not advocating any of this. I'm just telling you that information is out there. The Vietnamese excelled at this. Um, and, uh, it's just something you could do if you had to. Yeah. Um, and so there's another thing called a moat, which is really just a ditch filled with water. Right. And old castles, they used to use them for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was, it made a water obstacle that slowed, that slowed down. Archers could, could shoot them with arrows from the, from the castle while they tried to cross it. But standing water also attracts bugs and Mm. disease. So they wanted to make it as nasty as possible so that no attacker wanted to come across that water. So they just let it be stagnant. There was diseases there, bugs there. And then there were also um, they would put things in the bottom like um, broken glass, sharpened sticks, things like that to make it a little bit harder to cross. I only included it just for the historical reference. We would certainly never advocate any of that. Um, but the danger they ran into with those moats that they they left out there for infection purposes is they got infected themselves yeah. with whatever diseases were there. So, um, anywho, there it is. Yeah. Um, Go so ahead. the next one is a berm, which is the exact opposite of a trench. So if I dig a trench, I've got an extra pile of dirt, right? If I pile that dirt on one side of the ditch, I now have a berm. Um, if I put the berm on my side of the trench my people can hide behind it to shoot over it at people trying to cross the trench or the ditch. Um, I can also put it on on their side so that they can't see the ditch. Um, And in the book, I've got a picture there where it shows uh, a berm that if a vehicle, an armored vehicle was trying to to come at you, they'd go up this berm and they couldn't see what's below them. Then they would immediately fall into a ditch with a flat front so they couldn't climb back out of it. So um, there's a great, video or a great picture in there of how you can dig this ditch uh with a berm to keep people from uh, from coming across it if you're going to dig a berm and use it for people to shoot from it needs to be at least three feet thick with packed dirt that will stop bullets yeah yeah and that's what they have at the uh outdoor shooting range yes that's what they have to catch the bullets at the shooting range three feet of dirt uh on the far side so 
basically you can once you've gotten uh once you started digging these trenches and put them all around your thing you can create a whole defensive series of 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 trenches that enable you to move around um without sticking your head up above the ground and you're able to defend from them Uh, what we're seeing in ukraine is a big return to trench warfare we're seeing both the russians and the ukrainians using trenches and uh, big cleared areas in front of them for people to have to try and cross um hasn't changed much from world war one uh, and a great tool for that i've got one right here next to me actually for some reason it's on my desk it's called a trench periscope and basically it's it's literally what it sounds like it's a periscope to look over the top of a trench with wow well you i'm sure you have all kind of cool stuff um although i i just think about that world war one was just devastating with the trench warfare um it was yeah. Okay. So, what is it? Am I? Ho- I hope I'm saying this right. An abatis. Uh, an, what, a, an abatis. Okay. An abatis. What different types are there? And then, when that situate, when would that situation uh, precipitate the consideration of that in a rule of, in a without rule of law? And again, as you just mentioned, there are many. For those of you listening, there are many graphs in these books. Right. Some chapters more than others. This chapter is full of a lot of graphs, whether it's this or the uh, the concertina wire, the razor wire, different aspects of that. So it's better, you know, it's best to have the books and to be able to look at the pictures as we go along, especially since this is an audio only podcast. Okay, so talk about those, Joe. Okay, so an abatis is basically just dropping trees in a um, in a V pattern one on top of the other, and you're alternating left and right. So I've got a road, and I, and I want to stop vehicles from coming up, and I've heard that there's a, a convoy coming or, or a bunch of bad guys coming up the road. They're going to be here in a couple of days. What can I do? I can go out, and I can get a chainsaw, and I can just start dropping the trees on the ground. So I take the first one, and I drop it from left to right. Then the next one, right to left, and I keep alternating them. The reason why I alternate them is if they bring up a bulldozer and try to push them out of the way – it's going to lock them closer together because they're laying on top of each other, right? Instead of all being one way and all being the other way, you could just push one side of it out. With them alternating, they're intertwined and you can't move them all. And for perspective, this is like a lattice. It's like a ladder and you're covering a long section of road with these trees down. Now, people on foot can get through, but it's very hard moving. They got to climb over. And so what I say is leave most of the branches on. But take a few of them and cut them off and sharpen them. Yeah. So as they're climbing over those, I mean, it's harsh, but they're bad guys and they're coming to hurt you. It could be the Chinese. We don't know who. Um, but they're going to they're <laughs> going to get stuck it. on some of these sharpened branches. Right. So um, it's a pretty, uh, pretty nasty obstacle that people have been making probably since the 1700s just by chopping trees across the road left and right. Yeah. Drag some concertina wire a, a little bit, lay some of that, and then you'll have really fun. Right. So then what you can do is, is the ultimate is combining them all. And, and there's a good picture of it in the book. Uh, I can have an abatis facing the direction that the bad guys are coming from. But right after that abatis, I dig a deep ditch. And on the other side of it, I throw all the dirt up there into a berm. So as they come through this abatis, all they can see is us on the other side of the berm. They don't realize there's no ground between them because of the ditch. Right. Right. And so as they get there, they're going to fall into that ditch and then have to climb up it where your people are firing down into the ditch. So uh, 
it's 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 a pretty nasty thing. There's a great graph of it in the book, page 38, for everyone following along. Um, not an easy day getting through this thing. And all I could think of, though, is that what if you had that over water? Even exactly. better. <laughs> exactly. Put water in the bottom, spikes down in the bottom. You can really make things bad for someone who wants to come and hurt you uh, if you think about it. Yeah. What was that movie? What was the name of that movie that Christopher Walken was in about Vietnam where he went crazy? When he went crazy? Um, yeah. Well, Christopher Walken didn't go crazy. I think you're thinking of Apocalypse Now, but it wasn't Christopher no, Walken. No, no. He was – it was It was him, and I can't remember, but he was um, – there was one guy that was stuck in the water, and it's, it kind of looked like that. They had a few guys that were stuck in between those – those um, oh, I can't remember what it was. Jane Fonda, where he was doing Russian roulette, and he ended up killing himself. I don't remember that one, but uh, oh, I know I that um, uh, I'm thinking of Willem Dafoe. Anyway, I don't know the yeah. one with uh, with Christopher Walken. Okay. So anyways, go ahead. Anyway, that, no, that's it. That's that one. Oh, then the, the next one is, is called a log crib. And basically that's taking some logs, um, hammering, um, hammering something in the ground to hold the logs in place. Uh, and then um, filling up this thing of logs with dirt that slows people down. If I make a triangle with the point facing the road, um, they really can't drive around it. They can't push it out of their way. Uh, they just have to find another way around. So basically, I'm taking logs, I'm making a triangle shape, and I'm staking them down so that they can't be moved. And then I'm filling that with dirt. So it's just if they did try to push it with a bulldozer, they got to push the logs, the dirt, the poles right. that are holding it in place. All that kind of stuff. The thing about those is you got to bury the poles deep so that they can't be moved very easily. Yeah, and there's a picture in the book. It really it it shows when Joe was talking about that. It it gives you the understanding of why they can't move it because if it was the one, uh, the one that was square or rectangular, it would be much more easy to move. Um, right. Yeah. But okay. the triangular one is really hard, and you can sharpen the ends of it and make it even harder for them. Um, good stuff. Yeah. Now, the uh, you mentioned using vehicles as opticals, but, you know, as we've discussed uh, previously, it's not a good barrier if you're being shot at. So I want you to talk about that. And then also, here's the thing. So if you have one car, you don't necessarily want to have your one car, which is your escape vehicle, used as your obstacle. And then you also don't want someone to shoot your tires out. <laughs> right on. Right. So here's the thing about that. So I can... Um, I can use a car as a vehicle, use it to block a road, whatever. But if I do, the first thing I want to do is take the air out of the tires. Because what some people will do is, is they can get underneath the car, pop it out of park, and just roll it out of the way. Right. Um, if you flatten the tires, they can't do that. Um, don't pop the tires, just let the air out. And I don't recommend using any vehicle you might have to use as, a, as an escape vehicle. I don't recommend using those. You want to keep those gassed up and, and ready to go. But there's no sense putting holes in tires if I could maybe reuse them, right? So if you're going to use that, uh, put the vehicles at an angle and um, let the let them go completely flat on the ground so that they can't be moved very easily. Uh, here's the thing. You want the engine block facing towards where people are coming from because the back end is way lighter than the front end. You want the heaviest part facing outward. So that's not actually in the book, but I wanted to add that in. Oh. Um 
And there's literally no part of a car other than the wheels themselves uh, and maybe the engine block, not so much anymore with the lighter materials being used, um, that will stop a bullet. Don't use cars for cover. Uh, yeah. You can use them to block the road, but don't hide behind them. You're not in a Hollywood movie. It, yeah, these are not movies. The door is not going to stop a bullet. <laughs> okay, so um, now we get to the prepper show items i'm just kidding oh yeah which is which is <laughs> trip wires and alarms this is the fun stuff i'm ready definitely ready to zap people but here's the thing we have to be careful we don't zap ourselves uh which you know i i joke around about i have this taser and half the time i i zap myself so um talk about this and here's the thing that i have a question about wouldn't mm -hmm. online searches for these items bring attention do you have any idea how many of these things are sold in america in a day well, obviously not, but yeah. Lots. Yeah. Lots. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not too worried about that. And, and here's the thing, not illegal to purchase. Yeah. Well, free I mean, speech isn't illegal until they you say something they don't like. But just saying, go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. so I mean, you can do that, or you can wait until they, you know, you can hope and pray they come to a gun show near you or or an outdoor show. But I, I just, you know, I figure I just use the internet. I don't care. Yeah. Um. You know, they, I'm obviously already on their radar, so whatever. This is true. I'm sure I am, too. Agent Jansen's listening, I'm sure. Okay, so go ahead. I mean, I write books on preparedness. There's certainly this is true. tabs on me. Um, anyway, so uh, a place called fifthops.com uh, uh, makes these, and they're little – they're like a tripwire. Um, you, you set it up. It's got wire that you can put across the ground that, that is, is green, so it won't be seen. Uh, and it's made from Kevlar, so it won't break. And you tie it to a tree, and you tie the other part to a little pin that goes inside the tripwire alarm. And you drop it, what's called a 209 primer. It's a shotgun primer. Uh, you drop that in there. So if somebody pulls on that tripwire line, it's going to pull the pin out, and it's going to make a sound like a gunshot. So you know someone is coming in a bright light. There's a, another kind that that same company makes that you can attach to a tree with a zip tie. Uh, and it takes... Um, It'll, it'll shoot blank shotgun rounds. So you can buy a shotgun round that's a blank or a flashbang or any any sort of thing, just anything that doesn't fire a projectile, something that, that maybe makes a little bit of a blast and all that. And um, so when they trip it, it's going to make that sound. But there's a couple of things about that. First of all, you don't want to put them anywhere where your own people might accidentally trip them. Right. But two, if there's somebody else moving through there and they weren't necessarily going to attack you, they were just trying to get by or whatever – and they hear what sounds like a gunshot by them, you could be escalating the situation. So um, they also make them that will pop a flare up into the air, which is a pretty good one. Um, just uh, look around, see what you can find, uh, and uh, find some sort of a, of a tripwire alarm for your hard-to-cover areas. Yeah, well, you mentioned here that the uh, they're already hard to come by. You're, yeah, it's hard to primers. get them. Yeah, the primers on there because everyone's reloading their own ammo now, right? Oh. Uh, with, with all the shortages out there, so they're already hard to find. So be very, very careful uh, on on just using these indiscriminately. You want to save as many as you can. Okay. So. Now, um, so go ahead and recap the training uh, standards and the resource you mentioned. All right. So basically, once you've looked at your plan, develop all your obstacles, right? Use all these different things in the book to do it. Um, so first of all, you need to be able to describe the purpose of obstacles, and that's to slow down or, or channel people to where you want them. 
List at least three types of fencing, as we mentioned earlier. Explain the difference between barbed wire and razor tape. Describe how to emplace a coil of razor tape. Yes, that's in there for you guys. Um, give two examples of natural obstacles like streams, rivers, swamps. Um, describe at least two types of earthworks defenses. Those are the ditches, trenches, berms, things like that. Explain what an abatis is and how to build a simple one. Um, great video, or great um, graphics in there. Demonstrate building a log obstacle. So actually get out and make one. Uh, those logs are not – those logs are really heavy too, so you like they literally really should go heavy. out. Yeah. I remember that – yeah, I remember one uh, when I first – you know, I was watching American Ninja Warrior or whatever that's – that's what it's called, right? The yes. show? Okay. So I thought, oh, I'm going to throw tires. Oh, yeah. I went to go throw tires, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm throwing tires today because they're really freaking heavy, and logs are way heavier than tires, so make sure that you're in fit – condition which is what we discussed i believe in book one right yes yeah. absolutely working right. on uh, working on that fitness every day yeah. stop being fat go ahead <laughs> man i wish i could i know me uh, too but i'm working right. on it yeah go ahead uh demonstrate building a log crib where you take them all and make the uh, the triangle um explain the considerations uh, for using vehicles as obstacles and discuss what to consider when installing tripwire type alarms you know, and I also list in here a reference, a resource, uh, the Civil Defense Manual, Volume 1 and 2 by Jack Lawson. Um, it's at civildefensemanual.com. It's a great book. It's got far more obstacles than I put in there. And I'll, I'll be honest, Jack was a little more spicy in his writing than I was. Uh, Jack's a veteran of the South African Bush War, so he knows a thing or two about nasty obstacles, and he knows a thing or two about how to build them. Uh, so check out his book at uh, civildefensemanual.com. Yeah. Now, was uh, other than that one thing you mentioned, was there anything that you thought of after you wrote this chapter that you'd want to include? You know, there's so much about obstacles that I could have included. Um, but I think the biggest thing is this obstacle safety. Uh, and I didn't really put a whole thing in there on it. And I should have about, hey, make sure everyone on your team knows where every obstacle yes. is. There's a tendency to think we're going to be clever. And not tell all of our people because they might tell someone else. And then that's how your people get hurt. And yeah. that defeats the entire purpose. Yeah. And then when the rule of law is reestablished, those people decide to call their lawyers. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So to politics, because all of the things, and, and I'm telling you more and more, you know, I, I reiterate, I, I always tell my sister she hates politics. She doesn't want to be involved with politics. And I'm like, you may not want to be involved with politics, but politics would be involved with you. And every day these people are doing something that's bringing us closer, whether it's to World War III and nuclear war or to the civil uh, issue, including what Dementia said today over the uh, shooting, which we'll get into. So uh, first I want to mention that the Senate did, in fact, vote unsurprisingly for the 40 billion we did have i believe it was 11 uh republicans who didn't vote for it but the rest of the warmongering neocon i don't care about america including my two senators which are retarded um rubio and scott 
voted for the $40 billion for Ukraine, which is, in my opinion, the uh, money laundering scheme, at the same time that American women can't get baby formula for their children, but illegal aliens are getting baby formula because the Democrats and dementia couldn't care less about Americans, and including, as I said, many Republicans like that turd burglar, Turtle Mitch, who is the husband of CCP, Elaine Chow. And dementia's uh, sending troops into Somalia because even though you fucked up in Afghanistan and got 13 of our Marines murdered, if you like your wars, you can keep your wars, which is why they had to get Donald J. Trump out of there because he said, no mas, no more war. Uh, Joe, do you know what's going on there other than some way to create chaos in, in Somalia? I mean, in order to create chaos, in order to bring a million more America hating, but voting, but Democrat voting Ilhan Omar's here. I'm going to be honest. Uh, the vast majority of people we're fighting in Somalia come from the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Get um, out. There are more recruits for Al-Shabaab coming out of Minnesota than there are coming out of Somalia. And let's just be honest. It's a proxy war. Uh, and, you know. Proxy war for what? Not even sure. Islam versus the West. Um, but but seriously, we're we're going to Somalia to fight Americans. Um, Get out of here! It's, it's it's silly. So in Somalia, um, it, it we're actually fighting Americans there. So there are more Americans recruited to fight for Al Shabaab in Minnesota, out of the Minneapolis and St. Paul areas, than than there are Ethiopians and Somalians. I mean seriously, um, I, I don't understand why uh, we're going there, other than the fact that Donald Trump pulled troops out of there so obviously we must send troops back in there uh and and again i guess there's probably the raytheon angle and the defense contractor angle Mm -hmm. where you know we gotta we gotta sell some rockets we gotta sell some drones we gotta sell some some ammunition and some rifles so we need to be involved somewhere no one can actually tell me what the purpose is of of going in there we've been involved there since 1990 (laughs) and literally made no improvement in the average uh, living conditions of a Somali. So I, I don't uh, I don't understand the purpose of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just stunning. And no, you but you mentioned that the the left used to say that they were against war. I did a I did a radio show earlier today that I do every Tuesday. And I said that here's the thing. They're only against war, and I use it in air quotes, they're against war, because really they all voted for the Iraq war until it became unpalatable, and then they could just blame Bush. They only, they, they're they only against war when it's the other guy doing it, right? Right. So yeah, they love absolutely. it when it's their guy. Like, you know, Hillary Clinton is the biggest warmonger on the face of the planet. So the idea that the left and the Democrats don't love war, they're they're just neocons who love abortion. I mean, it's ridiculous. But the problem is, <laughs> is that too many on the right love abortion. Um, uh, uh, they love war, too. They love abortion, I'm sure, too, but they can't say it out loud or they won't get elected. They love war like Lizard Cheney, you know, uh, Cheney, uh, Dick Cheney and drag. They well, all and, love and, war. And, and Pirate Danny. Oh, my uh, God. I call him Patch McCain, and that's what Bannon called him today. I was laughing my ass off. I thought, you guys are stealing my word, Patch McCain. That's who he I is. I can't remember what Tucker called him. Something about McCain. Uh, I'm not even sure. Maybe it's him. 
but I think Bannon calls him I Patch McCain, but that's mine. But Tucker's savage on, on Dan Crenshaw. Dan is getting very bitter too. I mean, he is so self-righteous and nasty and bitter. He does not like to be challenged. And if you don't no, love you the war in Ukraine, you love you love Putin. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people who like to be challenged, but he is particularly uh, particularly bad about it. Like where he was screaming at the young girl. Um, yes. So, I mean, that's just silly. It's like that's just silly. You lost your eye, dude. For what? What did you lose your eye for? Well, you know, I, you know and I said this uh, on on somebody else's podcast the other day that we have to get past the notion. That serving as a Navy SEAL somehow renders you this godlike quality to never yeah. be criticized and, and that you're always right. Um, hey, there's plenty of uh, plenty of sh- I'm going to use a military term of art here, so forgive me. There are plenty of shitbird SEALs, just like there are shitbird <laughs> Marines. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just the way that it is. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that you can uh, look. I, you know. I can honor John McCain for if it's true, you know, I don't I don't I know a lot of people that say it's not true, but like if Please he said that you can honor John McCain. No, no, no. What I, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is the fact that he was a POW. I totally say, OK, well, he was a POW. I know Vietnam vets that say, look, it doesn't matter. He was a POW. Right. He got tortured. That's legit. But everything after that, I can honor the fact that it's like I use the, the analogy of John Lewis. Right. So, okay, you got beaten up on a bridge. What did you do after that to improve the lives of your own constituents for 50 years? Nothing. What you did is you rode off that for 50 years, just like McCain. Right. So you I I can I can, you know, say Dan Dan Crenshaw is a Navy SEAL. He worked. he, He went through the training. He worked for the United States government. He lost his eye. I can honor that. I can honor his service and his sacrifice. But beyond that, like. I didn't vote for you to run my country and I didn't vote for Donald Trump to get us in more wars. And I mean, I wrote an article about this as soon as Biden was in called neocons get their war. He, this guy wasn't in like a week, I don't think before he was sending troops to Syria. And now you have all this going on. And by the way, not only that, not only did he get our 13 murdered in Afghanistan, right? But he also got a national guardsman killed in Afghanistan, um, at the border with bringing yeah. in a, an illegal alien who was a drug smuggler. So these are the guys we can't have these people in charge of sending our troops around. And if they do, you know who they should send, send the woke ones, send the blue haired well, freaks with the cowbells in their nose. It's disgusting. as upset as I was about the 13 Marines that died at, uh, at H Kaya there. Um, I'm more worried about the thousands of, of Afghanis who, had supported us, yes. served as interpreters or, or food service people or whatever on our basis, who have since been murdered by the Taliban. This is uh, true. And, while at the same time, we're giving aid now to the Taliban. So so it just makes literally no sense to me. Uh, and, yeah. and I just, uh, I, I don't know. I can't, uh, I can't fathom that. I'd also like someone to tell me once again what the legal authorization is for a single American soldier in Syria. There isn't one. So oh, it's never perpetual been, AUMF. That's why they're not going to There's never been it. an AUMF that covers Syria. I know, but it's they just use it, a general mm-hmm. AUMF, so that it doesn't matter where this you go. This is why we need to kill the AUMF and yes. get back to declarations of war. Yeah, they won't. 
they won't. And that's why, because the donors will not let that happen. And until we get, you know, America firsters in there and hold them to account. I mean, I use this as an example. I'm from Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Rubio was a, supposedly a Tea Party guy. In in hindsight, I'm not sure that he actually was a Tea Party guy because he supposedly lost his race for some, you know, no no important seat in the state house or in the in for Congress. And then like two years later, he's getting he's in the Senate and then immediately writes the bill campaigns against amnesty, then immediately writes the bill. So there's something sus about him. Anyways, I get it. But like this guy ran as a tea party guy, go ask a tea party or if they wanted more wars, they didn't. Right. You know, it's just silly. (coughs) Excuse me. Bless you. But you know, these guys like, and, and Scott, Right. Rick Scott. It's like, okay, well, he likes Trump and he may be sort of America first, although I'm not. so sure. But like he voted for it. These people, all they care about is war. And, you know, I don't really know. We have to have America first, like unapologetically America first, willing to take the heat. And even then, you know, because Rubio's not Rick Scott is supposedly America first. But um, I mean, we're, you know. At some point, I just really hope that people hold these people, you know, the citizens hold these elected officials accountable. Anyways, um, so there was a massacre in Buffalo over the weekend. And I'll confess, you know, this is what happens, right? I don't really watch it. I don't watch some of this stuff. And normally I am glued to the TV on stuff like this. But I'll tell you why. Because I know exactly what's going to happen with the media, right? Either they're going to not cover it. Because it's a certain thing or they're going to overcover it because it's another thing. And maybe Fox does the same. I'm sure if it was a Muslim who killed a bunch of, you know, Americans or a bunch of non-Muslims, that would be, you know, something that Fox covers over and over. But, uh, you know, my very first thought, honestly, with any of these mass killings is one, the f- and I'm sure they're going to find out this case, too. The feds are probably involved. Right. Oh, we've also, are, we're, we're way huh? past that. We're well past that. They, what? That's already confirmed. Re- of course. OK, so, of course, I was right. And the other is their ops to take our guns. Right. Because you and, don't have and the that's why he, he gave a speech out in front of that uh, in front of that supermarket. And miraculously, they introduced a bill same day. I mean, like, like all this was already ready. So here, here's the problem that I have with this thing. Um, they're, they're painting this this certain image of this kid and. They put out this manifesto of his, but it was literally 90% of it is uh, is the same as the one from Christchurch, New Zealand. Uh, he just copied and pasted it over into his. Wow. Now, did he or did someone else? Whatever. Uh, and, and everything else he listed in there is literally the ATF and FBI's wish list, right? Uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, silencers, right. certain kinds of guns, certain brands of guns, certain pieces of gear. Helmets and body armor that they don't want you to have. And, and all of these things is literally a wish list from the left um, using using various Internet platforms to organize and all that kind of stuff so that they can come after all of these things at once. Yeah. Now, they claim that it was a white supremacist shooting, but there is a witness who is a black man who sat down and talked with the kid for over an hour the day before. Now, if the kid was a racist to the point that he wanted to kill black people. He wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have had a conversation with the guy and sat down and enjoyed a, a conversation. Two, um, a, a, as as horrible as it is, I've watched the video a couple of times, and the first person he shoots is not black. 
and so the, 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 everything about it just seems wrong to me. The rifle has the names of the Waukesha victims displayed so that you can see them very clearly. It's got um, it's got the N word displayed so that you can see it on camera very clearly. And the number 14, which is a reference to um, to white supremacy on there. I mean, just all these things done to make the optics look exactly the way they want them to or someone wants them to could just be this kid's head. But here's how I, th- I see these. Remember that happen. van before you get. Remember that van, that guy that had the brand new stickers on his van. Oh, yeah. The van that no one ever saw. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that he traveled around in Florida and literally no one ever saw that van and that the van wasn't vandalized. Tires and flat. And that the stickers are brand new. I have I live in Florida. The stickers are not that way. So 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 to this point, this is this is what I think happens. We've now found that that last year um he was contacted because he was making threats about a school shooting. Um, law enforcement was involved. No charges were filed. Counseling was offered. But then the second he turns 18, this kid buys three guns, a rifle, a shotgun, and the AR that was used in the attack. Um, okay, so it's perfectly legal at 18 for him to buy all of these things. But where did he get the money? Yeah. Right? That's not cheap. So what, what we see happening in the fact pattern in these things is that these guys almost always have gotten a new girlfriend who – you know, chats with him, encourages him to, you know, prove that he's a man and whatever. And then that person vanishes. Even that's even the fact pattern in the Las Vegas shooting. Right. The mysterious woman who disappeared to the Philippines with the money. Uh, Nashville bombing, the mysterious woman that he gave a house to uh, all this kind of stuff. Um, huh. It's just a weird fact pattern that always happens. So are these guys crazy? Yep. Are they white supremacists? Probably. But did somebody come along and and put a put put a bug in their ear and point them at a target? Now, to help bear this out, in the Michigan case, the guy who who is allegedly the ringleader uh, has serious mental issues and is borderline unable to care for himself. Right. And his girlfriend said that the FBI agent running him, the FBI informant running him, encouraged him to write a manifesto. Before they attempted to kidnap the governor. Yeah. Boy, does that sound familiar? Um, so seriously, this is falling into that same fact pattern. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but I'm saying that a lot of these people do tend to get pointed at a target. Uh, and maybe maybe they were going to act out. Maybe they weren't. But how many times do we hear about a, a young Muslim man who is convinced to put a bomb in his backpack exactly. and it turns out the FBI are the ones who did it? Uh, it's wrong no matter who they do it with. So um, the biggest question I have to everyone, though, is is go out there and contrast the reporting on Buffalo with the reporting on the the Brooklyn subway attack. Oh, yeah. Right? Literally none. And some might say, well, no one was killed in the Brooklyn attack. Yeah, that was by luck because he shot him with a 380. Right. Uh, and then compare it to the reporting on the Waukesha attack, which was done by a black supremacist. Yeah. Uh, uh, solely for racial reasons, uh, and then compare it to the attack in Orange County this weekend, which this is what the sheriff says, and it's just silly. He says it was a politically motivated hate crime. If only we had another word for politically motivated hate crimes, you know, like terrorism. Right. But we refuse to use that word because it was a ethnic Chinese national from the mainland 
who went in and attacked a bunch of Taiwanese people at a Taiwanese church service. Right. We can't say anything bad about China. Right. But but this guy was a mainland Chinese person who felt some sort of a of a of a motivation to go and uh, attack the Taiwanese people. And we also know that China has had a long running intelligence operation throughout the world where the Ministry for State Security finds people. And just like I mentioned about here in shooters, they agitate people to the point where they will attack Taiwanese interests for them all over the world. Uh, It's been going on for for decades, and this is just one more incidence of it. Uh, The timing is a little suspect for me, but um, but no one is talking about the church attack. No. And here's the thing between the three of these. Okay, so you mentioned a hate crime. Waukesha was a hate crime. Yes, it was. Okay. Orange County, even though it's chi- it's it's ethnic, quote unquote, <clears throat> Asians, right? It is, that would be a hate crime because the Chinese hate the Taiwanese, right? The Correct. only one that's going to be called a hate crime is the one where the white guy kills the black guy, the black people. That's Absolutely. it. Yeah, because it fits a narrative. And it's the only one where the domestic terrorism word is being used. Of course. Yes. Yes, because it fits a narrative and it serves a purpose. Never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah, it's uh, it's troubling to me. Um, Here's the biggest problem with it. It's not that the media is doing this and that, you know, the powers that be are doing it. The biggest problem to me is that no one challenges it. Everyone just says, okay, and goes along with the narrative that they're given. And uh, to me, that's a big problem. Oh, it's worse than that, because, you know, I I talked about this earlier, is that the right. Right. So you have Essie Cup, who, you know, when I say the right, I put that in air quotes. I I wouldn't necessarily put Essie Cup on the right. But (laughs) I know I'm just saying she used to she calls herself conservative, which is a total joke. She had this very impassioned speech. These are basically never Trump white quote unquote Republican, quote unquote conservatives who make common cause with the white liberal left. She makes this very impassioned speech, right? About, you know, the the usual things, the white supremacy and this, that, the other. Okay. So does Lizard Cheney, right? Mm-hmm. I looked, I put out a word asking people to find me the impassioned speech about Waukesha. I didn't I didn't get a response. I don't see any impassioned speech about that. I don't see any reflection, any Biden didn't go to Waukesha. Well, I said the same thing about Swalwell when he said his four year old uh, FaceTimed him to ask him what he was doing about the bad man who hurt all those people. Yeah. And I said, what, did, did he do this when Waukesha happened? Did he do this no. when Brooklyn happened? Didn't no. happen. No, I mean, and you, there are many others. Right. It's now it's now a re a re Sacramento. Did they care? And this is the other thing. Did they care that the black guy who killed those people in Sacramento killed other black people? Not for a second. They don't care. That's the whole point. And I I mean, I get so redundant at times. They don't care about black people. They don't care about black lives. They care about black dead black people that they can use to benefit themselves. And the problem is that, like I said, the right, the so-called right, which is just basically the neocon never Trump, you know, 
our people are Democrats, basically, is what they are. They hate it's all a way to blame Trump and Trumpism and Trump supporters. That's what it is. Little will they surprised will they be when they realize just how diverse this coalition is growing. It's not even about Trump. If Trump, I hope he runs, look, but I, and I like him. I don't like everything that he does. I, you know, people think that just because I, I like that he shakes him up. I like that he pisses him off. I like that he says, you know, he's rowdy and he says things that are true without, you know, without holding back, right? Is he perfect? Yeah. No, absolutely not. He's made some really stupid, you know, endorsements, He's, but he's made some great ones. The point is this, is that the America First agenda is a is a principle. The country is a country. The borders are borders. This is what we believe in. There are plenty of black people, Hispanic, Asian, by the way, speaking of Asian. Do the Chinese people that are here that are not spies and working for the Chinese government, they left China for a reason. People left North Korea for a reason. People that come from Cuba left for a reason. Venezuela, all over South America that is now going communist. They left those places for a reason. There's this guy in Iran that was that was, you know, from Iran that was uh, with the Canadian truckers. He goes, dude, I left I left Iran because I wanted to get away from that theocracy yeah. the crazy the crazy muslim theocracy they want freedom and they're they're all shapes all sizes all colors and that's what they don't understand the the maga movement is about loving the country and believing well, the honest in freedom. truth is that the left appears to be pushing for a civil war and they can't yeah. hide it anymore yes when they say that 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 make america great again supporters are the greatest risk to to the country that's saying that that Half of this country, uh, 60 million or 80 million, some people, right? That's how many votes you got, yeah. uh, are, are terrorists and that they're the enemy. And so there's literally no way back from that. Yeah. And they're going to use this to attempt to fundamentally rewrite our Constitution, removing free speech, removing Fourth Amendment protections against illegal search and seizure, uh, removing due process rights and removing the Second Amendment. And um, – they're not going to do that without resistance, and they know that. They want resistance because resistance proves them right. Yeah. So, um, well, but it's it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy, and, I, and people say, "Well, don't play into their hand." Well, here's the thing: if I don't play into their hand and nobody resists, we're still playing into their hand because then nobody resisted. Exactly. You're going to end up in the same place both ways, but on one of them, you have a chance to win. So make your own decision. Well, you know, the uh, I think it's a, a meme of Chad is I accept those terms. Yeah, I accept your terms. Yeah, yeah I accept your terms. OK, if this is what you want, it's either going to be summer of love or sumter of love. I accept those yeah. terms. I don't care. So Elon Musk. You know what I find ironic, yeah. though? Um, let, let me let me mention this. Yeah. Um, over the weekend on my channel, uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Tactical Wisdom, we did a live stream of the riot that happened in Chicago. And guess what happened in the news on Sunday and Monday? Nothing. They didn't report on it at all. There were over 300 reports of shots fired. There were multiple shootings, multiple <laughs> shooting victims. There was a homicide, uh, at least one. And it went on for hours. And there were over 1,000 people involved. And the police were screaming for help. There was a gun battle between the police and some bad guys. Um, none of it. Not one bit of it appeared on the news other than the one guy who was shot at Memorial Park who died. Yeah, they don't care. That's it. They don't, they don't care. care. And here's the thing. 
black people need to see that they don't care. And until they see that they don't care, then we're we're in we're in stagnation. I'm sorry. That has to happen. And they have to revolt against the Democrat Party. Have you seen the movie White Dog? No. Well, it's an old movie. Long story short, I, I won't get into it. The Democrat Party needs to be white dogged. And anybody who's listening who has seen the movie will understand what I'm saying. Um anyways, uh Elon Musk pulled his bid for Twitter, put put it on hold uh because of bot ratio. Among other things, I think I think he's playing a game, which is great. Um, I think it's great that he pulled it because if he ever does buy it, I doubt he will. He'll buy it much cheaper. But um, Twitter remains a cesspool. It exposed even though it still remains a cesspool. He has exposed so much already. Right. With how they went crazy and everything. But have you seen the latest Project Veritas video? Well, I'm seeing them out there. I haven't actually watched them, but but I would have, there's an interesting point on the whole dispute between Elon and, and Twitter. So when he came out and said, hey, listen, man, most of those accounts are actually bots. I mean, most of the people following Joe Biden are bots. And, right. you know, they're there to, to try and fight the ratio he gets every time he tweets. <laughs> um, the right thing for Twitter to do would have been to say, no, nah, that's not true. Instead, they said, well, by saying so, Elon Musk is violating his non-disclosure agreement. In other words, they're confirming that that is right. indeed true. Right. Uh, I mean, they're just just not smart. Yeah. No. They're and again. And they don't care. No, they don't care. They don't. And by the way, one of the okay, so the Project Veritas, the engineer said he's commie as fuck. That's what he said. Uh, but also, here's the thing, and this is something that um, a war uh, Darren Beatty talks about. This is Twitter is just a platform for the deep state to run misinformation operations and control the narrative. That's one of the reasons they're freaking out so much. They do not believe in free speech. And they also know that. So it's a leftist platform. Revolver, which is Darren Beatty, has an article on about that wacko, you know, that Ministry of Truth uh, heifer Jankovic. Right. They should check that out. She is totally sus. She has a history and she has done this in other countries. She's like the uh, Victoria Newland of the quote unquote misinformation. She's the queen of misinformation. Right. She's shady as a Carolina oak. So what do you think about that? Well, this is what I think. Mayorkas said uh, when he got challenged on on her history, he said, well, I wasn't aware of that. Well, Uh you're you're the commissioner of the or you're the secretary of homeland security don't you think that's something that would have came up in your background investigation of her uh before you offered her this job so he does know he just thinks that you're too stupid to 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 dig it up um and it's intentional that's exactly who they want and um you know without 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 going too far down a down a hole that gets us all in trouble um Y'all got to make a decision pretty soon. Give me Liberty yeah. or give me Netflix. Yeah, exactly. And I know someone who wrote a great article about that. That would be you, Joe um, who has been right about so much. So hey, turn- I will tell you, yeah. speaking of that, on Saturday or Sunday morning, I called that shooting like within an hour. And it took them almost 24 hours before they confirmed that I was right. I called that it was a China versus Taiwan thing. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Turkey is balking at Finland and Sweden getting into NATO. Uh, but apparently Stoltenberg is saying that it's going to be easy. Are you ready for, uh, World War III nuclear? Well, here's the thing. World War III is coming one way or the other. I I don't know that it's going to be nuclear to begin with. I think we'll start with cyber, which actually in our modern society, 
test is going to have the same effect. It's going to be worse. We're not going to be able to do anything. We're not going to know what's going on. And then if nukes happen after that, you won't have any idea uh, until your body suddenly goes to 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, Arian's demands are interesting. He demands that they turn over um, five Gulen associates and 15 PKK terrorists that he calls them that that are living uh, in Finland and Sweden. Um, if we turn those people over, they will be killed. I mean, there is just no right. That's what he has done with everyone there. Uh, for those who don't remember, Erdogan survived a coup attempt that was most likely uh, an Obama administration uh, uh, color revolution, right? Um, so, uh, and that one involved heavy fighting all over the country, uh, and and they put it down in about a week. Uh, and he's executed some 50,000 people over it. Wow. Uh, these guys would be among them. Uh, it's no mistake that uh, Gulen, Fatah Gulen, the guy who actually organized the whole thing, has a compound in Pennsylvania. So, um, yeah, you could draw your own conclusions from that. So, yeah. Uh- what is so you you see that uh that idiot McCaffrey and Max Boot mistook the video game in Ukraine for or the video game for Ukraine footage? I'm gonna point out that McCaffrey is a United States Air Force general and that's just generally how they operate, right? They don't really deal with real life very well. <laughs> oh, starting scandals. Always the Marine, always the Marine. But here's the thing. The Twitter memes must be absolutely gold. They are. On they that. are. I've been involved yeah. in a couple of them today. And uh, uh. just like, wow. Um, but you know what? Here's the problem with that whole thing. Not one person, not one person in the Western Alliance, NATO, is – talking or about or considering peace. None of them are talking about a ceasefire. In fact, today, the Washington Post ran a story that said, now is not the time for a ceasefire with Russia. We must push. When Russia sees things like that, they realize their back is against the wall yeah. and, and NATO actually wants a fight with them. So w- you have to wonder what they're going to do when they realize that they are, you know, here's the thing. Putin may not be able to win, but he can also make sure he doesn't lose by taking everybody off the chess board, right? Right. He could do enough damage to everybody's economies and everybody's um, everybody's cyber systems and information systems that uh, that nobody wins. Now, a reminder of a small event that happened just before the invasion, uh, late November. Norway reported that they had lost contact uh, with their island, Svalbard, up at the very, very top of the earth. There is a data cable that runs under the sea from northern Norway out to these islands. So they sent a submarine down. Uh, as soon as it happened, you know, a couple of us called, uh, me and uh, Mike Bennett and a couple of others all called that, yeah, this was the Russians. There's, there's no way it was anyone else. They sent a submarine down, and sure enough, the cable was cut. And a very large section removed and taken away. It wasn't even just left there, but it was cut and taken away. Now, people might think, well, that, that's interesting, but who could have done that? Well, there's only one person who could have done it, right? And that was Russia. And that was Russia sending a signal, right? Hey, we have this capability. And if you guys force us down this path, yep. we have the ability to destroy all of your undersea cables and you not know about it until we've done it. Um, 
I think that we need to be real cognizant of that and understand that that exists and that's a real possibility. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty insane. Um, what do you think about NATO, though? You think that they're going to get in and that's just going to be the the that's going to be it. Right. That's going to be the thing that does it. Well, I think they're going to get in no matter what. I don't know that that's going to be the thing that does it. The thing that's going to do it is our continued and even more bold supplying of weapons to Ukraine to kill Russians. Now, I'm not saying the Russians before I get called a Russian agent again or an Israeli agent or whatever the flavor of the week is that my my Twitter not so admirers uh, throw at me. <laughs> I'm not saying Russian soldiers in Ukraine don't need to be killed. But our we first started sending the weapons and, and ammunition to third party countries like Poland and Romania and had Poland and Romania transport them across the border. Right. Um, now we're landing C-17 Globemasters in Lviv and Kiev uh, on our own. What's going to happen in the American public when Russia says I've had enough and they drop one of those C-17 planes uh, with probably 12 crew members on it uh, as they go to leave the country. Yeah. Well, they don't care. They don't care. They probably won't even show it. Here's a here's an interesting theory, though. And uh, it's this guy, Ben Harnwell on War Room. He said the whole he he thinks that Putin. They, so he thinks that Putin walked into the trap that NATO sent him, set him up. And here's the thing. NATO has no reason, no real reason for existing without the Soviet Union. They have to create a boogeyman in order to justify their existence. They get billions of dollars from the United States and they don't get they don't get very much from other countries because none of the other countries, except for, you know, ones like Poland, actually pay their fair share. Right. We're paying the bulk of it. Um, so you have to justify your Car, your parties and your your existence and that's what they did they have to have a boogeyman and Russia's the best boogeyman and he's also um you know he's he's in he's responsible for getting trump elected well that's what they claim no i mean uh, I'm, I'm i'm being facetious of course but that's the whole this is as tucker says it's the culmination of the russia hoax well see that's what i told him when they had to have a war with russia so they could say see russia yes. back when yes. the rest of it fell apart yeah. Um, and, and I don't know that 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 NATO forced him into it. NATO did did force the the war to happen, but I don't know if they set a trap for him because, despite what the media tells you and what the Ukrainian government tells you, um, on our show we look at the map every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, and the Russian territory grows in the area they actually want it to. Yep, they yeah. got pushed back by Kharkiv today, but I mean yesterday, but. The day before that, they made big gains towards Odessa, yeah. and they actually want the coastline. And we're also seeing that um, people are being told in Mariupol that they are part of the special administrative region of Russia. So that tells us that there's probably going to be a vote to directly annex Donetsk and Luhansk into, um, into Russia proper. And now all of a sudden, South Ossetia and Abkhazia in Georgia are going to have votes to do the same thing. So Russia is about to grow by four more oblasts, which are like states for us. Yeah. Uh, in in the next uh, in the next couple of months, uh, I don't know how the West will react to the the annexation of parts of Georgia. 
Uh, Russia's held them since 2008. Um, again, caused by the exact same fact pattern, right? We offered them NATO membership. Russia said no. Yep. And then a war started. So. Yeah. And now Finland that has what? The longest border with who? Mm, Russia. But Finland has one thing going for it. Um, well, two things. One, they've always spent on their military because they have a large land border with Russia. And two, Finland's the only country that's beat Russia. Mm. I mean, Afghanistan doesn't really count, right? They were fighting Taliban and, and all of the West, Yeah. Uh, in all honesty. And, and that's the other point that I want to bring up. The final point I want to bring up uh, is that we spent the 80s funding the Mujahideen. Uh-huh. The Mujahideen and their charismatic young leader, Osama, later went on to become the Taliban uh, and Al-Qaeda. Yeah. So what's going to happen here is we're funding a lot of, and, I, and I'm just going to be honest, neo-Nazi groups yeah. uh, in in um, Ukraine. What, what's going to happen when they become a problem later? We're seeing Ukraine go around and round people up for social media posts. They've convinced Spain to arrest a YouTuber because he said something bad about President Zelensky, and they're going to charge him with treason and hang him. Yeah. People have no for, idea. This guy's a, a total crook, Zelensky. He's a total puppet. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Look where, and look where they meet. Look where Turd Burglar meets with him. You know, it's like calm as can be. They're just chilling out. No danger. I know. It's, I commented on the fact that the guy can't even be bothered to wear a suit. And this guy goes, he's fighting a war. I'm like, if you think Volodymyr Zelensky at his four foot eleven height or whatever oh he is. Oh my god, he is. He's little. If, if you think he's actually fighting on the front line, you, you need to stop smoking your own product, dude. Yeah. Go watch the video that McCaffrey watched. That's what that's what the level of his fighting is. It's right. all an information warfare op. That's all it is. Uh, and unfortunately, they're using the, the Ukrainian people because they don't care. And now we're just going to have, oh, we're going to build Ukraine back up. That's what they're going to do. So I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm ready. I don't care, honestly. Hey, you know, I'm, speaking of speaking of Ukrainian videos, uh, there was a video that came out last week of these two Russian soldiers in a, in a trench line and in a fighting position like we talked about in the book a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and the Ukrainians have a drone over them. And they drop a grenade on them and the guys take off running and the grenade hits them and kills one of them. And I said that, one, if you stayed in your fighting position, like I told you in my book, you wouldn't have died from that grenade. And two, if you had built a fighting position, like I tell you in, in this book, Defensive Operations, with overhead cover, that grenade wouldn't have killed you. It would have hit the overhead cover. Yeah. So um, actual combat operations in Ukraine are bearing out the concepts that I put in these books. That's right. Well, and you had already said they use the same in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. See, so the people really need to listen to the Joe Stradamus and Brooke the Magnificent show. That's why we do it. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Joe? Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers the week. All righty. Well, thanks again, as always, for another great Tactical Tuesdays podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Please share not only with your friends, but on social media to be a force multiplier. And always take care of your elderly folks. Make sure they're squared away. We really are working to provide information which could potentially save lives. You can catch all of our podcasts on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. It's Brooke with an E. And they're also on iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and Google, and a whole host of others. Um, 
Joe's website is tactical-wisdom.com. It has not only his books available, but his great articles to be, so be sure to check that out and his YouTube channel, which is also tactical wisdom. Um, I am on Facebook and Getter. Probably not even, you know, I was thinking about it. Probably not even going to go back to comedy Twitter. But Joe is on all three. And are you on True Social? No, not available for me yet. You have Android? Yeah. Yeah, that me too. I gave up. I'm like, I can't deal. Anyways, they need to figure that out. I, I don't. For the life, I love Trumpy, but I'm sorry. He should never have been gone with that until he was ready to go on all platforms. It's crazy, whatever. Anyways, as with all of this stuff, hopefully we'll never need in real time, but better to have and not need than need and not have. So let's get prepared and see you next week on Brook Talks America Tactical Tuesdays. Oh, I believe the world is burning to the ground.